<laughs> Welcome into Virtual Courtside, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Harris Rubenstein, joined with my ever-so-lovely San Francisco co-host, Dirk DeCaster. Uh, we actually didn't get San Francisco into the intro. I'm sorry, Dirk, but Aww. it's in there now. It's okay. That's disappointing. Well, we don't have San Francisco in, but we do have a full week's worth of NBA 2K League to talk about. Uh, we should mention at the top that now that we have shifted into season mode, uh, these pods are going to be... Very analysis based. We're going to be going game by game, series by series, talking about them all, recapping the week, and then we'll go through uh, some standout players, some standout teams. We'll reflect on our our preseason predictions and see where we lie going into the slam open bracket play. Uh, but Dirk, first things first, uh, the new league build. I'm going to give it a very solid eight and a half, actually nine out of ten. I really like how the three v three league build looks what is your grade on it what do you think of the league build um i'm gonna go Ooh, i i, I kind of want to go like eight and a half nine mm-hmm. um reason being is one the thing i love most about this year and we did, had like a whole segment where we were talking about it uh yesterday was about the scooper layup now being uh, the scooper badge now being in the scoop, game scoop. of nba 2k 24 yep. and it makes it so you're not such a bot when you bring out a build that just can't go run and dunk the entire time. So yeah. it, it's able to change up your offense. The reason that the league, but I'm not liking too much is the fact that there's just no fades this year. It, yeah. it, it is hindering a lot of the offensive consistency yeah. and the flow of like, wow, this move last year, he's taking a fade out of the corner. He's doing that, which I understand there's some people who like fades, some people who don't. I just think that if this year had the scooper along with fade consistency, I think it would be the best 3v3 that we've seen so far. Well, I mean, we we have seen... I think there's a skill gap with fades. I think there are some guards who can hit them with badge. Like, we saw Kai hit a couple. We saw C's hit a couple. I think Ant hit one. Like, we've seen some guys do it, but I agree with you. Like, there's just some guards out there who can't do it. But I'm also okay with that. Like, if there's a, a, you know, if there's a skill gap that's like, okay, some guys just have access to these shots that other guys don't, I think I'd probably prefer that over everybody hitting fades. I think the one thing that shocks me about the scooper badge, Dirk, and maybe this is just my inexperience with the badge, but I'm so surprised by the variety of finishes that come with the scooper badge. Like, you can do it from in front of the rim. You can do it off the baseline and have it go off the backboard. Like, you can do a scooper from, like, any angle coming at the hoop, and it always seems to go in. I will say that it does leave yourself open for monster blocks. Like, the blocks that we've seen off the scooper badge have sent it in, like, the third row, but... The variety of finishes with the scooper badge is surprising, and I kind of like it. It's nice. It, it, I'd rather have scoopers versus standing dunks, so I, I'll take yeah. it. I'm okay. It, it's, um yeah, like, depending on which way you go at it, I think even, like, the layup package and stuff, too, or the, the height of the grade gives you some funky-looking animations sometimes. So, like, there's mm-hmm. one where you're going oh, down yeah. the baseline, and you if you flick it to the right side usually gives you a reverse layup so you don't want that so you go with the left like your guy will go up with his right hand and like switch it and quickly just flick it up with his left hand but um i I like the dynamic of it because from the moment that you start is when the shot meter goes and that shot meter changes based on the contest that's happening in front so they might contest it initially but you slither right by them and get the scoop and then you're grueling those massive so it's really easy to time but yeah it's just way better than last year of a guard cooking somebody and just because they couldn't dunk, dunk the ball <laughs> like 
they just ran to the paint and ran back out and had to give it to somebody else. Yeah. So I, I just like the dynamic. I think it was the the perfect badge to throw in to really help with the three v three paint offense for guards. I, I will say I like the uh, the other animation I really like out of it is that if you're a guard at the top of the key and you beat a guy to the left or the right and you start the, you you start the scoop layup animation a, a little bit early, you kind of end up with this cool like. Kyrie Irving ball cradle layup that yeah. he does a lot where you kind of shoulder the guy and cradle the ball in and it looks great because you get the scoop in off the glass and like it's a pretty unblockable shot so it's just nice that guards have a way to get to the rim and we can talk about hey like they need to start attacking the rim more like they need to start doing this as like a, a, a real play style thing so I like it what do you make of uh the defense do you think it's do you think it's fair I, I think the contest system looks pretty good uh, I think Lane's aren't nearly as bad as the players were talking about in the scrimmages. Maybe the scrim game mode, the lanes are pretty bad, but I thought the actual gameplay looked pretty good from a defensive standpoint. I saw a lot of steals. I saw a lot of reaction timing. You can't just stand there and get a steal this year. Like You have to yeah. actually press a button, so I, I think it's fine. I like it. I, I don't really notice much of a difference compared to last year, mm -hmm. um, but like, get, like along with that to where maybe people aren't getting – steals in a backdoor which how many point guards were consistently getting steals on backdoors last year like yeah. not many i feel like when locks and power forwards are in a position they are grabbing a lot of the steals mm -hmm. if they are pushing a button um i think that the biggest change that we've seen from it it's not even the lanes it's the fact that point guards can get stops in the paint now yeah they just can't get like bullied if they if they wall up and somebody just wants to go straight up with it it's more likely going to result in a stop if the big or the lot goes for a layup and a guards down there walling up they they're forcing misses now yeah so I have seen, we started to see as the week was going on, some guards start to figure out, okay, like I can play this this certain way to knock the ball away. And it's honestly not even reaches at times for guards. It's just throwing their body in front, hoping the ball like smacks the back of their head or backside. Yeah. And then they end up getting the ball there too. So I, I think, I like where defense is at. It's, it's nice when you have a mismatch because it just reminds you like in, in real life ball, like when there is a mismatch, you expose that. Well, that's and kind anytime of the... you get the point guard on there, that's when, yeah, you're going to see a majority of the time a score happen. Well, that's the counter to the point guards being able to wall up down low is that if you actually get them in a one-on-one -on -one matchup and you're a bigger guy, you can just post them up and push them down to the rim and get like an easy dunk over them. Whereas if you kind of attack them while they're already down there, I mean, that's similar to real basketball, right? Like it doesn't matter how big or small, you know, big or small you are. If you're under the rim and somebody's running at you and you kind of put yourself in front of it, there's a chance you're always going to get a stop just based off of the contact. I know it's a video game, but... I feel like that still kind of matches up with the tenets of basketball. But I will say that the turnover numbers seem balanced. A lot of guys have steals. A lot of guys don't. Um, and then, obviously, as we go through, we'll talk about some individual players. So any final notes on the league, Bill, before we officially get into week one? No, I really like it. Um, like, honestly, compared to, again, some of the other league builds, it's cool just seeing how much 3v3 itself is kind of growing yep. with all the archetypes uh, that are in the game there, too. So, yeah, I would just like to see... Hopefully people get down like the fadeaway and, and, and adding that part to their offense a little bit more. It gave me a lot of faith when I saw locks and power forwards doing it over guards. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that the guards can try to figure that out. All right. Well, let's get into our official week one recap. Uh, we're going to go through every single series. Why not? We have the time and, you know, it's the weekend. So sit back, relax and, uh, you know, enjoy a little bit of content on a, on a weekend. Uh, so let's start with our first series was Nets Hawks. This was the MDS suspension series. So it was duck out there because dread from it, run from it. Does not matter. Duck will end up playing 3v3 at some point this year. And he did. Uh, Greens wiped the floor uh, with Hawks Talon. Uh, it was kind of ugly. Greens went crazy. 
Um, I think he had a 16-point game in the middle here. It was just kind of a tune-up series for this Nets team who, I'm not going to lie to you, Dirk, this Nets team looks like the real deal. I, I had them as a contender. I thought that them, you know, Steeds and Streets, I thought they were going to absolutely dominate this year. And to, to open things up, it it's looking pretty good. I like how this Nets team looked. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, I just went through and, like, looked through all the box scores. Like, usually I feel like last year they were so greens heavy and, and their offense wasn't going. Like, they just really couldn't do a whole lot. Um, streets, when they were good, was making everything. But you kind of even started to see here uh, as the week was going on when streets was missing shots. That's when games got really, really close and they had to try to grind for them. Yeah, um, I, I like the balance attack a little bit more. I know that it was uh, Duck at the helm and it wasn't MDS for that game, but. Everything I would say kind of went as expected for Nets GC, uh, bringing up the same threes lineup for uh, another year now. So back-to-back -back years, trying to get all these repetitions in. So uh, I feel like that was more of the, probably one of the more easier ones to predict on opening night. Yeah. After that, we had Warriors taking on the Jazz. This was our first five-gamer. The Jazz took it in game five. Uh, Miami, three for three from three in game five, nine points, looking like a... Uh, Looking like handles Miami again. Uh, the Kaze Miami combo. It started the week off looking good. And I think once teams got like a little bit of film on Justin, they definitely started to make some adjustments to him. But, you know, this Warriors team, they got caught a little bit off guard, I think, at this game five. And Jazz took advantage 23 to 10, blew them out. So it's a fun Jazz team. The underlying numbers on them look pretty good. But uh, as you would expect with a younger team, they're going to have some issues closing out series. Yeah, that, that was the battle of my pretenders from when we were doing the, mm -hmm. the preseason yeah. preview. I had the Warriors and Jazz in there. So, honestly, when I did see the Jazz and how good they looked, I was like, damn, I don't know mm -hmm. if I if my pretenders pick is really going to live up to the hype. Then I started seeing them struggle, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's <laughs> what happens, right? That people, It's not like you're playing stage and you can just keep playing every single game and not strategizing. This is the 2K League. Yeah. You go in one game, you get a couple days worth of film, and teams are going to adjust. It's kind of the same thing that teams did to CP last year. He had that phenomenal start. And then by the time we ended up entering week three was where we see CP really, really start to struggle when he was on the Grizz. Well, next one, we got Bucks maps, a little three, one victory for Bucks gaming day Fry versus dimes. Uh, Johnny. All right. I, I'm just going to say this. There will never be a single player to a team draft pick that didn't happen that will curse a team more than Mavs gaming not just taking Johnny Red number one overall that year instead they traded back they went with Kenny Zeus and Zay Zay gets suspended Kenny Zeus is now out of the league and Johnny Red continues to absolute like as if he has some sort of hatred against the Mavs gaming franchise he continues his absolute domination over this team uh three to one win easy the the dimes Daw six Johnny Red combo looks great. The Fana Jar City Day Fry combo is having, I think, the issues that we thought it would. And throughout the rest of the week, as you'll see, like the maps just keep having the same problem, which is this year's 3v3 league build is not nearly as offensive heavy towards the lockdown. Like the lockdowns just haven't had the ball in their hands as much. It's way more guard heavy to get your offense. And as good as Fanta is, Day Fry's not touching the ball enough. And I wonder, and it's gonna sound kind of nuts. I wonder how long it is until we see Dayfry get a crack on guard. That's not to say that Fanta isn't good. It's just at some point you need to get Dayfry the ball as much as you possibly can. He should be a top 10 guy in touches, even if it's not his primary position. It's just th this year's build is not nearly the same as it was last year where bag motion had like a 40% usage rate. And, you know, you're seeing guys like uh, uh, Joe Mark at the ball all the time. Like it's it's just different this year. 
it would definitely be one of the more shocking things, I think, this year if Dave Fry going over to Carr. Like, why it might have worked in our very first year, three versus three. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't see a world where that's going to be, like, feasible again. Um, I know that we had a lot of hype, right, with the Mavs and Dave Fry coming back and saying, oh, well, and maybe they could change things up and, and start to get better with Fanta there. I think... If you were to get away from Fanta and go day fry guard, that is that is our first ad drop, ad wave confirmed that like mm. Fanta would not be on the team because obviously he was brought in here for 3v3. You have a good 3v3 run, he'll probably stay for 5v5. But if it ends up switching like that, I mean, I don't know what you do and where you go from that point. They got better as the week went on. It's just I felt like I, I watched the same series over and over and over again, which is like they were kind of in these games, but they never really had the offensive lethality as you need and Again, this isn't to to say that the whole Mavs gaming team is bad, but it, it just feels a little unbalanced. Like, Jarcity isn't, like, the best well, offensive player. Dave Fry's not getting the ball enough. Fana has a lot of pressure put on him to basically win them these games because they don't have great corner shooters. Like, it, it, it's, 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 it's a tough spot for them. It, it's the exact tough spot that we thought that they were going to be in coming into this year. L- let me give the perfect comparison for what we are seeing from the Mavs right now. They are Gen G of past years. Yeah, that's they are that's playing a good one. They every feel like single fucking game close, mm-hmm. and then either just getting blown out in the closeout game for them to lose the series. Like they, they're the what they got re- reverse swept two times, two times. I think out of the games that they ended up uh, playing. So if you even go look at the score lines, like so when yeah. they played the Bucks, they lost the first game twenty two to nineteen. Then they won twenty one fourteen. Then they lost twenty three nineteen. Then they got blown out in the final game twenty two to twelve. Later series against the T-Wolves, beat them 22-18. Then ended up winning 21-18. And guess what? The T-Wolves then come back 22-18, 22-18, 23-12. It's like it's a common trend. And I remember, I think it was on the Friday, one of the games that they had, like they were like 19, 20 points. They had three opportunities to close out the game. They didn't, and they ended up losing it. And not to you know, not to make this entire episode about Vandy. Obviously, the title of the episode has a lot is, is about Vandy, but I, I feel like this Mavs team and the Grizz had the exact same week. Like, they, they really did. Like, they were in these series, they were up, and they were down. It was a roller coaster. But the difference was is that twice, Vandy was able to close out series almost by himself and get them over the line. They're 2-2. Two and two. I feel like the Grizz weren't in a single series all week, and they're somehow 2-2. Two and two. And I know that we're putting a lot of pressure on Fana, and I kind of apologize for that, but, like, that's what it is now. Like, this game mode is so insanely competitive, and, like, the margins are so fine that it's it's going to be kind of crazy. But we'll, we'll continue on with the Mavs, and I want to talk more about the Bucks later when we get to their series. Uh, Knicks-Raptors, the only good series that Knicks Gaming played all week, comes against, uh, I think, one of the worst 3v3 teams that we have uh, maybe this year in Raptors Uprising. They just haven't looked very good so far. Uh, an easy 3-0 sweep. The only series that Malik was able to actually shoot, which is kind of funny. Um and we'll get to the Raptors later with symptoms starting, but I I already don't like the vibes on this Toronto team, Dirk. I don't like the vibes. Something something's up. I don't like it. I hope they figure it out. But this early to already be having problems, it's not great, Bob. I mean, it it was it's a weird roster even when it was like put together with some of the the players that they have on there and. It, Honestly, I didn't think they would have that many issues in three versus three because they have Antoine Love. Like, I thought that mm-hmm. was going to be the go-to piece that he could go out there and, and and be like how Kai has been for Heat Check Gaming or from last year now going into this year to where he can just take over the scoring. It was, it, I would say, probably most underwhelming performance for me with Antoine Love with everything that he showed us last year and how much we're like, oh, man, what if he did get drafted last year at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year to play 3v3? And I'm like, well... 
that was just like the most average card play that you could see for somebody at his caliber. A guy who came in halfway and was an MVP candidate. Like, yeah. it's unheard of stuff. So, but yeah, I mean, even from that point on too, like, Crush is going through positional changes. He was one of the best lockdowns in the world at one point. Now he's flipping over to power forward. You're bringing in Seam to play in three versus three in some sort of position, which I don't really agree with. And there's just like a position identity crisis right now with Raptors Uprising. And you can't have that with this new structure. Everything is so short and brought down. Like you got to be able to figure it out as fast as possible. So, um, the best they looked was when they went later in the week and they had symptoms there. That, that was easily the best of that Raptors team has looked. Which is kind of wild. Uh, yes. All right, let's get to Kings Lakers here. Uh, we can talk about the Lakers as much as we want. They, I'm going to pat myself on the back on that one. I, I thought this team was going to be really good. They look fantastic. Um, Kai, as good as ever, looking like LeBron James. You want to talk about a guy who probably coming into the year is the favorite to win MVP. I feel like it's probably Kai. A lot of talk about unguardable. A lot of talk about these other guys. But he's st- he's still the best guard I think we have. Uh, probably him and Johnny just dueling back and forth of that title over over and over again this year. But um, I don't want to talk about the Kings. We, we can talk about them later. Uh, what have you made of the OVC crazy combo? Because we actually watched a lot of Lakers ball. I figured that it was going to be crazy on lock and VC on power forward. They swapped the crazies on the big. What do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, VC's home position, right? Uh, when everybody knew him as guns was uh, was a lockdown first type guy. Um, I guess the only difference is that we have seen that trend of people who are playing the big man for their team be the ones go to lockdown because they're actively setting the screen. So it works out a little bit more with a pick a pop, but it works out because with this team, VC has also played center. So he has that IQ in his arsenal to be able to do that. I love the way they look when it comes down to the early parts of a season and you want to become a clear cut favorite. You dominate teams yep. and you have large winning margins. That has been the Lakers that entire week. Those three days, it was Lakers gaming with the deficits that they were like holding their opponents like 22 to 14, 22, 15 score lines like that consistency, even winning some games like the 21 to 10 mark. Absolute perfection. And of course, right. I think it just this speaks to the magnitude of how much of a difference bringing in one of the best players in the NBA 2K League can just immediately put it on your team and just generate the spark. I have yeah. not seen a Lakers gaming webcam in their locker room be that happy in God knows how long with yep. that organization. That's the effect that somebody like Kai is going to end up bringing to the table. So uh, it's really, I mean, I think it's good for everybody in the NBA 2K League when a team in LA that is affiliated with the Lakers is playing well. So phenomenal um i really honestly can't say anything bad about what the lakers did this they're, year. Uh, they're gonna be so hard to get a series off of this year they, they really are 12 and 6 4 0 uh i believe they're second in the league in scoring at 20.4 points per game and they're first in defense at 17.3 opponents points per game so they're 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 our hot start team of the week uh grizz pacers uh we can talk about how good cook's Jay Snags and Chess Look. I talked about on broadcast how interesting it is that Jay Snags was so good at lock last year that there wasn't even a thought. Like, oh, let's put him back in power forward. No, he's back at lockdown, and he's still insanely good. Um, I love seeing Cooks kind of take over, you know, the the real scoring load on this team. He's going to be one of the top scorers that we have in the league so far this year. Um, the passing looks good. This team looks really solid. Uh, I don't know if I would say that this team is like, contender like they're gonna win the title but th- this is a playoff team to me I-, I i think i can confidently say that i think the paces will be 
I, I thought so but coming into the year. I still think so now. Cooks is going to get them there. Jay Sachs is going to get them the stops. And how about Chess at power forward? How about it, Derek? After all these years, Step Jesus finally playing power forward. Uh, it's it's wonderful to see. Gotta love it. I was so patiently waiting when I found out that he had a name, Step Jesus, to to throw in broadcast. What are you doing, Step Jesus? <laughs> but I never had an opportunity to because I I think wow. we maybe okay. watched like one Pacers okay. game uh, the entire week. But yeah, no, I, I I think the the great spot for them is that specifically in this series. Anytime you can have your point guard score 10 plus points over the course of every single game that you play in a series, that is phenomenal. Um, because we are starting to see a lot of like maybe a guard will have like that 15 points of high scoring game, then it'll immediately drop down. They'll have to start passing the ball around a lot more. Uh, Pacers gaming team is only going to go as far as Cooks will take them, kind of very similar with how the Bucks were. He would have these hot start series, he would get them deep into runs. And then all of a sudden, it just seems like they ran out of steam. And specifically, him individually missing a lot of wide-open shots. And I know I think in the series that they ended up dropping in that week, number one, kind of that same thing got flashbacks of like, oh, man, I've seen this Cooks before. But other than that, I mean, it, it was phenomenal in this series. It was a very beautiful performance coming out from him. Yeah, he's, he's a wonderful guy. And that was part of one of the Cooks' revenge day. Uh, I don't even know if that's technically revenge because he played for them. Mm. for he, did, he never played the game. Uh, Cavs Legion Hawks, uh, the one game that the Cavs actually remembered how to hit their open shots and hit open threes, and they got an easy 3-1 win over the Hawks. Killy looks great. Uh, he's getting open as well as anybody in the league. I don't, I don't know what happened to his square button this week. He just forgot the, I don't know, did he forget how to green, forget how to shoot, Mr. Finals MVP? Wacky. Uh, DJ Too Cold, I, I can't say enough about him, man. I, I think he's one of the great development stories in the history of this league. From complete no-name prospect to easy, like, slam dunk top three power forward in the league. Like, just just easy, casual, casual at this point, how good uh, he looks. And uh, seeing old man TB Shift Day out there playing 3v3 brings a smile to my face. So uh, I, I liked what we saw with the Cavs. Um, I, I liked what we saw from them all all week. Uh, I think their their film is going to look a whole lot better than their results because I don't, I don't know what happened to their shooting this week. But it'll come back. It has to return to the mean. I mean, right? the, the, I mean, yeah, that first game that they play, like the series against the Hawks, like their their shooting was good. I think Killy went one for five the very first game, but other than that, a lot of two for threes and an zero for one in the very last game. Uh, like the, Killy will figure it out. The rest of the team will figure out the shooting. Um, that that is like for sure. And so that's why, like for a team like this, I think the switch is probably going to be the perfect opportunity for them to really make some noise. Yep. It's it's gonna be tough because again, like we're, we're we're in bracket play next week. There's no second week of group play, so you're immediately jumping into the money games. So you basically had from the last game that you played this week going till Thursday next week for you to try to get some sort of flow and some sort of consistency down. And I mean, it the part we're talking about, right? Such bad offense, like atrocious offense. They still came out 500. Yep. Still came out two and two above it all. So, yeah, I agree with you with DJ. Um, I think it's just a part of when you're on the T-Wolves, like in your rookie season, you're obviously overshadowed by all the powers that be. You're yep. playing with one of the best players in the league. You're playing with the face of the league. So there's a lot that overshadows that. So, like, I didn't think of DJ too much, like his rookie season, like when he was in Indianapolis, obviously he had that high energy. But now that he's been able to blossom and kind of become his own thing and, and try to become his own face of the entire league with how good his play has gotten. Uh, I got a lot of faith in the Cavs, and I think yeah. rightfully so. I think a lot of people do. They're gonna be really good. I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in that. Again, their their film's gonna look better than their stats do. Uh, we'll get to the T wolves here in a sec. I want, I want to do something a little longer on them. Uh, Warriors, Blazers, Warriors get the job done, three to one. 
Uh, probably the best series we saw from CB this week. He was absolutely cooking in a couple of these games. A couple of great game winners from him as well. A 17-pointer uh, in game four to, to close things out. Uh, this Warriors team is kind of feeling out the mode. Uh, I like the Nay-Cease combo. I feel like playing Cease at power forward as many games as possible is probably the best call. Not that Nay isn't a good 3v3 big, but I don't know. I just believe in the law of averages, and I think the law of averages tells you that Cease, over the course of an entire 3v3 season, is probably just going to end up being one of the best players at his position, so you might as well just keep him there. Um, do you agree with the CB over Mama call, and do you agree with the Nay over Kenny call? Because I was surprised to not see Mama or Kenny this week. Um, I do with seeing how CBB 13 is moving. Yes. The CB 13 over mama, I think is, he is played good. great for them last year for what it's worth. His threes numbers were excellent. So I like that. I do think like while Nay was playing good, I think you need the, the game changing lock out there. Okay. Like you need somebody like the one thing that stood out to me out of, out of all the lockdowns that played this week, the one that was standing out to me by just getting plucks or like bump steals consistently was TB. Mm. And like, you just watch it from the game. You don't need stats. I, I, you could probably go and look. TB is probably leading the league in steals because of how many bumps and everything that he sees because he is just constant applying pressure to them. Somebody else like Connor is another person like that. So I think you need somebody like Kenny out there who has shown you time and time again that when he has been in the league and he has been in a, a defensive position, he is capable of, of getting you those steals that can change, change the flow of the game. So I, I think I would like to see it. Um, your 500, maybe if you want to try it in the bracket play, I'm never really a big fan of once you get to the money games, make it drastic changes. Yeah. And I feel like swapping that out would be, but maybe moving forward to the switch. Yeah. I, I would really like to see Kenny out there at the lockdown. I wouldn't even call it a drastic switch, right? It's Kenny got work. You're not throwing some rookie out there. They've never played with, right? I think yeah. they'd, they'd be fine. By the way, great shout on the shifty leading league in steals. You're right. He has uh 13 and it's for 16 games, which is insane <laughs> considering the game mode. Um, uh, on to the next team, the team I, one of the teams I want to talk about the most, uh, T-Wolves Gaming, Mavs Gaming. Um, th this T-Wolves team, Dirk, is so fun to watch. Because, look, when, when you're starting two top five rookies, you're, you're always going to have some roller coaster performances. Like, sometimes the two of them are going to look like two of the best three players in their position. Other games, they're going to be like what we saw in their second series where they can't hit a shot, they can't get a stop, and they look terrible. You never really know what you're going to get. But just the, the dichotomy between the two was so fun to watch. I, I think the when we get to the middle of this season and we're seeing a comfortable two-talk, I think he's going to be one of the best players in the league. I would not be surprised if we're talking about him as maybe like a, a bubble MVP candidate. He has all the moves. He's got all the moves. He's got all the looks. He knows how to get open. He knows how to mess with defenses. He's a great playmaker. I'm, I was actually very surprised how comfortable he was. The only thing he didn't have was his jump shot timing down, which is fine. We've seen plenty of rookies early on in their league build experience have issues timing jumpers. So I, I'm not too worried about that. I think the fundamentals of what he's bringing to the table is great. I think Bear being out there is awesome for them just to keep them kind of level-headed, keep everybody knowing, you know, what the situation of the game is. Do we go for two here? Do we go for three here? You know, uh, you know kind of defensive rotations. I think having him out there instead of sub, I get it. I, I understand what they're trying to do. And then I, I, again, Iggy Mo looked, looked like he thought we thought that he was going to, he is yeah. a dog in this game mode, the steals, the shooting, the, the baiting passes. It's all there. Um, I, I think the only problem with this team is that they're young. And I think that they're going to lose some absolutely heartbreaking series this year, just from not being able to close out games, but we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm very excited to see what Tutak and Iggy Mo give us over the course of this year. 
But I think that's why, like, when you have a young team, it's perfect pairing with Bear. Um, just and then putting him in in a lock position where he can still control the game, but he doesn't have to be like hyper engaged on the offensive side, right? He doesn't have to worry about spamming the dribble combos. His job is relatively easy, so he can kind of guide them step by step and what they should do. And of course, I mean, he has experience all of last year of them making crazy runs in tournaments, making all the way to the finals and just coming up short. So it's a feeling that he's used to. And, and I just feel like there's something special about this team that like when it comes down to those moments, like they lose, they'll be hard on themselves, but they'll be able to bounce back almost immediately. This team's so got the juice. Like, they got the juice. Yeah. And so I, I really like the fact too, that when we were looking at the cameras, Jane money is behind to talk every single time that they're playing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what you need as the coach, right? But the experience that Jane money has at a championship level, playing at the guard position, both of them kind of playing a similar play style, if you will, over their 2K careers. Jay yeah. Money shooting a bunch of nut shit. Two talks shooting a bunch of nut shit. On bigger so, guards. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, that's why I feel like it's, it's a very good combo. But Two Talk just, he, he lived up to all the expectations. Honestly, other than that weird shooting performance that he had yesterday, yep. where he was going crazy, they could like, have. close out the game that. and then, like, miss seven shots in a row, that was concerning. But Nothing they're going to be like, oh, like you need to change this, 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 and this. Just a bad shooting cycle and shooting slumps are a thing. What the players say, it doesn't pop up, but the players saying shooting slump is in the league build. So that would make sense why he kept on missing after the five shots that he initially missed. Few, few, few too many. Um, I don't want to say too many turnovers for me. Too many missed passes. Like whether it's not passing, you know, to an open guy or do passing into a turnover. That was just the one thing. But again, it, it seems like he's experimenting and figuring out like what he can do just like every other I mean guard. he's he's the only one to playing on a shooting guard build. I love it. But I like, think that, it's that's... great that he has his own style and he's sticking yeah. to it. Screw it. And like I don't want to play point guard. I'm not a it, shooting guard. It's been him and then Malik ended up bringing out a shooting guard. I'm surprised build, that Johnny hasn't done it. I'm so honestly surprised that Johnny's still on a point guard. I mean, I, I feel like for threes, I can see why, even if you, like you, they naturally play shooting guard, you'd want to be in a point guard. It just yeah. moves that much more better yeah. than, than everything else. Maybe they want the different base. Or maybe they want Benzo the Patty too. Mills and they don't want the T-Mac. So that's also, what, but yeah, yeah, like it, it, it is very cool seeing him play his own style, kind of setting his own meta of like, cool, I'm going to bring out a shooting guard. Cause I, I, I will guarantee you this. People are going to see what Tutak is doing in the slam. By the time that we roll around, honestly, I would even say maybe even this week in bracket play, definitely in the switch, there's going to be a lot more people using a shooting guard build. And they are quickly going to realize that, oh, shit, this is really hard to play on. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. Let me go back to point guard. 11 points per game, uh, higher true shooting percentage than Vandy, Johnny, Cooks, Benzo, Killy. A lot of guys out there that he's outplaying right now. For, it's going to be a fun year. Very excited to watch uh, this T-Wolves team. And, and again, what a weapon to have sub goaded on the bench. Just waiting, right? If this lineup doesn't work out, he's waiting. One of the best locks that we have uh, in threes. Uh, Nets Raptors, we've talked about both of these teams a bunch. Um, Jazz Kings, we want to talk about the Kings now. Is this our Kings time or should we get to the fourth loss? Uh, we can just wait to the fourth loss. All right, we'll get to the fourth loss then. Uh, Pacers Bucks, we have to talk about the Cooks Bowl. Uh, this was awesome. This was probably the highlight of the first night watching Cooks go up against his former team. Um, I think it's funny. I think the Bucks had two series this week where other teams had beef against them and they lost with it being against the Grizz and the Bucks with the the Spartan tweet and then now with the Cooks thing. I think it's pretty clear that the Bucks went into both of those series not thinking or caring that it was a beef game for the other team yeah. and the other team had a ton of emotion and beat them. Um, but 
personally, I think both these teams are really good. I think this Bucks team, I think the Bucks and the Pacers are going to play in some pretty big spots multiple times over the course of this season. So uh, first round goes to the Pacers, but this is not the last round of this boxing match. Yeah, I like these. I love matchups like this because I feel like if there's like that early playoff preview feel to it, uh, watching both these teams play and like the intensity and also adding in the fact of the quote unquote beef that's going into the games as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we did. I was mad that we didn't get to see this entire series in its entirety. Like we were just jumping in and out. I think like seeing some of the ends of game stuff. So I have to go back and actually watch the full thing. Yeah. I mean, it was good, right? I mean, just a lot on the line for cooks to be able to shut that down. I mean, the Grizz one, I honestly completely just forgot about. When I saw Spartans tweet, and I was like, oh, wait, I forgot yeah. about this. <laughs> exactly. Right? Somebody in the building had beef. I don't think the Bucks knew that there was beef. But this is the the this is the main course of the beef. The other yeah. one is like a little flight. A little side course. Uh, <laughs> to close out the Wednesday, we had the Cavs over the Knicks in a sweep. That was the game that Malik forgot how to shoot. Uh, Lakers take down the Blazers. We'll talk about the Blazers a bit. They actually had a better week than I think we expected. Uh, and the T-Wolves gaming took down the Grizz, and that is how we closed Wednesday. Let's get into Thursday. Uh, Pistons GT take down Magic Gaming. Uh, Magic Gaming had the weirdest week of any team in the league. Um, I went back and watched some of their games last night because I was bored. I don't think they played bad. They just didn't play like as well as I thought they were going to. But I, I will say, uh, Unguardable is struggling a little bit. Loki Godlike was struggling a little bit. This man, Jay Bull and Dirk. Oh, boy. We 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 got we got a special guy in our hands. We, we got a special player in our hands. He is everywhere on defense. He's everywhere. He's reading stuff. He's baiting passes. I think I I put a stat down in my notebook that he is the only player in the league to be shooting over eighty percent from three and have at least a half a steal a game. Like he's he's been doing some crazy things. He's not going to get the same love that like a Benzo is or a Tutak is or even a score. But I'm telling you, he is the same caliber prospect as those guys. He's going to have a monster year for them. I'm excited for the Magic and and of course, you know, on the other side with the Pistons. I don't I don't know if you knew this, Dirk. Um, Pistons GT is a title contender. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, their record and uh, Ant's arm going through somebody's head might tell you otherwise, but. Uh, they look fantastic. That that team is going to absolutely roll over teams with money on the line. Yeah, I, I'm happy with just tuning my own horn. Remember, my whole comparison with Jay Bullen has been like, man, this could be like the next Jay Snags that we have mm-hmm. of like a power forward playing out of position in three versus three and dominating. Yeah. So from like the glimpses that we ended up seeing of their games and even look at the stats, I'm like that this is literally what Jay Snags was doing last year. What uh, like made us just go crazy for his unique style of play. Yep. So I do really like that. Um, again, like with how much hype we've been putting on unguardable, you expect him to be a guy at the point guard position who is almost leading the league in scoring. I mean, he is compared to a lot of the other guards I've seen. He is low. He's at he averaged the same amount game. of points of Hom that we ended up seeing, and Hom obviously came in, didn't play a whole lot. I mean, Antoine loves below him, but like Duck is ahead of him. Uh, Malik, Justin, Kai sees Ryan, who has been a big standout for Dukes and Finito. So a lot of guys that are leading the pack ahead of him, and that's just like. That's not what we want to see from the magic. The whole point of the magic was like, damn, like unguardable has Loki Godlike to work off of, which is going to open up his scoring a bunch. This should even help the numbers out for Loki Godlike as well. It was just very underwhelming, but also the group that they're in, that was the one I labeled the group of death. Yeah. Uh, there's absolutely. no easy game in the entirety of that group. So still trying to get the rhythm and flow down. 
I feel like for Orlando with some tough matchups, but I, I, I got faith in them that by the time that we hit the end of three versus three, that they will be a team that is going to be competing for a title. Yeah, and guardable, 14 of 42 from three this week. Uh, and for such a lethal three-point shooter, I'm sure those numbers will go up. Uh, honestly, the magic coming out of this weekend, or coming out of this week and only being one and two, I think is fine. Um, they're they're going to be there till the end. My only comment on the magic is that, like, they need to beat good teams. Like, yeah. that we were, people are picking them as a title contender. They have an amazing roster. Like, I know they're in a great group. I, I agree with you 100%. The group is, is crazy, but, like, I I need them to be beating some of yeah. these teams, you know. Like I mean that that's even like the same for the Pistons too with them. I feel like being one of the ultimate favorites coming in with yep. the addition of Jomar, them being at five hundred. I mean, if you want to talk about, I, I know looking at the start of the year, you never want to compare it to the end of the year, but with that type of pickup and like how good you just have been historically in three versus three, two and two is definitely a major major disappointment to this organization. Yeah. Uh, get to our next one. Nets GC take down the Cavs in game five. Uh, an absolute master class from Greens. 19 points, five of seven from three. Just just looking like the MVP candidate we know uh, and we love. Uh, and again, another horrific shooting performance from Cavs Legion. Again, we've spent a lot of time on both of these teams, but w do you think this Nets team is a, like a real title contender? Like, are they like top three for you, top four for you, or, or do you think they're still kind of on that second tier? Um... Definitely, like, have to be top three. I mean, I don't know okay. the other teams to really put ahead of them. I, I really just like the value of, one, you already had a good 3v3 team last year, mm -hmm. right? Now you bring that exact same 3v3 team back this year, and that is not going to change. Unless there are some crazy spiral out moment, trades, whatever it may be, players not wanting to play threes, this is going to be their entire threes up the rest of the way. And so with that experience and them actually, like, Getting better is what it looks like. They all look a lot more comfortable, but it's also going to be tough to try to fall for the bait because they just started last year super, super hot. As the year went on, the results really weren't going their way, and you start to see a tiny decline coming out from the Nets. So, but it is a very good sign from the year they had last year for them to come out here and still be one of the best that we've seen. Yeah, they're, they're a title contender for me, they're, they're, especially with just how good Greens looks and how much better Honestly, I think he's improved. I think he looks better than he did last year, but uh, I'm a fan. I'm excited to see how much better uh, they get over the course of the year. Uh, Hawks get their first win of the year. They sweep the Knicks in a game that Malik was horrible. <laughs> he couldn't, I don't think he hit a single three the entire series. Uh, MDS took advantage, uh, and they got it done. Congrats to the Hawks. You're on the board. Do, do, you, do, you, do you have any confidence in this Hawks team? I, I, so when I did my rankings, I still have them in the quadrant of woe just because I, I don't particularly like them on either side of the ball right now. Um, but we, I need to see more, obviously. They're a strange team. Very strange. And the reason I say that is because I think that we've been so used to seeing C's and how explosive his offensive style is to when like we have been watching this team. It's not an MDS takeover. Like Underrated Goat is getting a lot of touches for this, lot of this touches. team as well. And, you know, I, I like that. I like when the lockdowns can try to get involved as much as possible. But at the end of the day, it's threes. Your point guard is going to have to establish some sort of on-court dominance as it's going on. So, yeah, I just think it's awkward because, like, whenever I've watched MDS, I've never seen him as some, like, crazy dribble head always going and creating these masterful shots in, like, one-on-one -on -one scenarios. Yeah, like, definitely against some of the 5v5 clips that you've seen from him historically, yes. But I, I think with him and his style of game that he's currently playing in the NBA 2K. We didn't get to see anything last year, so we don't have anything to go off of, too. That's something that we do have to note. 
MDS in 3v3 is completely brand new to us because that was his debut coming in after his uh, game, after serving the suspension. So I think it's just trying to find the right footing. I do think that they will get better as the year will go on. I think his play individually will get better as the yep. year goes on. But one of those teams where they're just like right in the middle, they're not wowing you, but you also are not losing complete faith in them. So just kind of like in the middle of the pack as, as, as average as it comes to a lot of the teams that we have in the league. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them to to beat the best teams in the league. But, hey, they did yeah. beat Knicks Gaming. So we'll, we'll see how they do this weekend. They have a, a big matchup coming up. Uh, Hornets Venom GT taking on NBL Oz. The Hornets looked great. Um, I think it's, you know, I know that we saw Fluke Lock and Trey back in the league last year. So maybe the community team sentiment kind of falls short. But it's great to see two of the stars of the community teams from last year get picked up by the same NBA 2K League team and look this good. I mean, Trey looks excellent. Uh, Fluke looks like one of the best 3v3 locks in the league. Saints hitting shots. I mean, th this was as good of a first week for Charlotte as you could have asked for. Uh, I, I just, I love what we were seeing from Trey. I thought the shots were good. Uh, I thought his passing looked good. Uh, wasn't turning the ball over. I mean, for him, it's going to be how consistent can he be? Because that's always been his issue. He's had these good spikes in the league before, but I don't really have any complaints. I thought the Hornets played good ball. I thought they toughed out a lot of uh, difficult series. I think that they were probably... The underdog in almost all of their series this week. Maybe they were only a favorite over. I guess Genji went into that series undefeated. You could probably argue that they were the underdog in every series and they got the win. So that's that's the mentality over there. And I think they uh, played it to their favor. So good good week for Charlotte. Yeah, no, I, I honestly like with Trey last year, I think probably uh, I had this fault. I'm not sure how many other people kind of had the same thought that I did. Of like, okay, like how much of a, a fluke was the potential dot squad run? Like, are we going to see that from him in three versus three? Because like no one knew him as a three versus three guy. And also you come out here and, and you just start dominating some of the best teams in the entire world. Uh, that answer quickly came from Trey Dollars. Just honestly, in the first matchup that we ended up seeing. And we kind of knew what we were already going to get from Fluke, Lock, and Saint. Their one key piece for this Hornets team to have success was always, okay, who's going to be the guard to come in? We wish it would have been Antoine Love, but it wasn't. They struggled last year. They finally got their guy. Yep. So I, I like what I'm seeing from them. They played, I think, what, two game fives in the three games that they ended up playing in yep. that first week, which can be a little concerning, right? Because you're like, okay, well, you want to be the best to go out there and dominate. At the same time, you're kind of showing you're battle tested. You're being pushed to the brink of, of, of two game fives, and you're coming out on top with a win. Yeah. Uh, so you'll take that each time. And it's a flip-flop, too. It's not like they're dropping two and having to reverse sweep to be able to get that. It's just a lot of flip-flopping the games going back and forth and some of the series that they ended up playing. I mean, the one that stood out most definitely was that, that Pistons win. Oh, yeah. That the, was the one where, sweep. I mean, yeah. Like, if people going into that were like, okay, the Pistons should make easy work of this. It shouldn't be too hard. But Trey Dollars has the number of Pistons GT. Uh, that's just the way things oh, are yeah. looking. I'm I'm excited to see how Charlotte keeps going because I feel like Fluke Lock is one of the more forgotten, not forgotten players in the league, but we, we got to remember how good that guy is. And you go into any series, you're probably going to have the advantage at lockdown. So we'll see how he keeps going. Uh, speaking of teams that don't get talked about a lot, uh, the silent juggernaut that is Celtics crossover gaming in 3v3. Uh, Dirk, I don't know how much we talked about them on broadcast. I was so impressed by them this week. The Leche Tezo crazy combo. I think they lost their first series of the week and then won three straight. They look good. They look really, really good. They look calm. 
They look collected. They look like they know what they're doing out there. That is a really, really scary team. I would not be surprised if this is one of the dark horses to win the whole slam. I really liked what I saw out of Celtics crossover. They were shooting. They were making stops, getting steals. Um, and again, you know, you're handing the, the reins over to Leche uh, instead of FT. And last year with Leche, we saw that he was kind of one of the standing dunk guys, always running there and, you know, launching those deep threes. This year, his game, much more refined, uh, much more three-point based. I thought his his uh, passing game looked great, too. I'm really, really high on this team. I, I think the Celtics are going to surprise a lot of people. And they took down the Heat, who also looked really good this week. So we'll, we'll see what that means uh, down the course of this tournament. Yeah, I think the one thing, like... I. The Celtics are just phenomenal. And the fact like Tezo and Krizzy, again, is another one of those pairings of put them with so many guards. They're, they're probably going to have a lot of success. You brought it up that Lecce and FT had, bless you, had some similarities last year. I tried to in, mute and I didn't mute. I held down the <laughs> button and sneezed and then I went on mute. Like Lecce and FT had some similarities last year that whenever they would go into the lineup that again, it was, it was a very two point heavy focus and FT has kind of always been that way. He actually, I feel like, was showing a three-point game a little bit more last year compared, like, compared to somebody like Lecce. But this year, I feel like the one thing I noticed more than anything, Lecce, a lot of catch-and-shoot opportunities from behind the arc. Yep. Um, I know we probably don't have the stats to, to back it in terms of like, oh, yeah, well, this is his catch-and-shoot rate versus this. But that was something that was always standing out is that he was setting his teammates up and them making the right race to be able to get that. I know that on the season so far, he's 40 of 54 from behind the arc. Um, he is shooting the lights out. And that's what the team's going to need the entire year uh, for them to have any type of success. So good to see them sitting at three and one going into the two bracket. Two. Play. My, they're, they're two and two. They, they two closely, and two. Yeah, two and two. They closely lost oh, okay. the series to the Wiz. I, I miscounted it. But even in the series that they lost, I thought they looked really good. Yeah, so big fan of uh, Celtics crossover game. I would say when you're talking about a team that is two and two with a lot of the other ones currently sitting at that, I would say just off the eye test that it's them and the Pistons. What put them? And, and yeah, the put them as like the second best team. Probably well, there are a bunch Pistons of those being teams one at them. two and two that you could kind of call and be like, all right, they're still as good as it gets. You know, you got uh, you got Pistons in there, Warriors, Grizz, Celtics, Cavs, Bucks, all sitting at two and two. So there's there's a lot of competition. It, it, that, that's again the best part about threes this year is how good the comp is. Yeah. Uh, Lakers, Jazz. We talked about both these teams a bunch. Just just again, want to shout out how good this Lakers team is looking. Also to the Jazz. It's a really young team, so I'm not surprised that they started two and zero and then ended zero and two. I think like they're going to have a couple roller coaster moments like that this year. Uh, Gen G with a big win over Magic Gaming. Holy shit! Gallo learned how to hit open threes, Dirk. Oh my god! It, like all week long, he's just hitting like these insane shots off the dribble without badge, and we're like, "Whoa, where did this Gallo come from?" We've been waiting on this for two years. Uh, as good of a week in threes as I think Gallo has ever had, to be honest with you. Um, looked great. I thought the, the law rich Jolo combo also, I mean, you, you talked about it a lot when we did our, our post-draft preview, how good Jolo was going to be on that team. And so far in threes, he, he looks the part. They were really impressive. And that was a tough series loss for them uh, against the Hornets to close out the week. But uh, I think Gen G is probably one of my teams of the week. Very, very impressed by how, how well they look. I, I was most happy with Gen G at the fact that they, I think what they played three game fives. They yep. won two of them. Mm -hmm. Last year, they're dropping every game five yep. that they would end up going. That was to. their whole thing, and, and yeah, Gallo has been on fire with his shooting. Um, each each time he has an open opportunity, he's been able to capitalize. Is what it feels like. Whereas last year, 
lots of fades, lots of open shots that were just constantly clanking. But I think that now you you have trued him with a pair, like a true pair of threes guys at the small forward and the power forward position. It's like that's the best position that he needs to be in, allowing them to try to make plays. But the one thing, too, with him more than any other guard, I know it's a new meta, the man scoopers a lot. Oh, he's and the that scoop is master. Great. He, the first game I saw from him, I think I saw four immediately ripped right off the bat, and I like that. That's going to open so many things up for him. I've been seeing some funky stuff. I don't know if you were watching the stream. I want to say it was night one. There was somebody that was like in the middle of a scooper or a Euro and like passed out of the shot and it made this guy plant and just gave him a clean Oh, that was pass CB. That was CB. Passed yeah. it to the corner for the win. And I was like, whoa, what, what's going on? So I think you're going to start to see because to, to really stop the scooper layup, if you don't have somebody that's right there, it's going to be selling out. So if people can get a little crafty with that, maybe be a little bit more patient when running to it. I think it's going to open it up and, with the gal that we're seeing fully trusting him and, and, and probably trusting his teammates a lot too, to go out there make the right reads, make the right plays, be able to get Gen G still going hot. 33 for 46 from three for Gallo. That's, that's the stuff. That's the stuff. Yep. Uh, Dukes and Benitos, they take down 76ers GC three to two. We talked about how great of a week uh, Ryan one one have. Uh, I, I think it was probably the best week he also had in threes going back to last year. Um, there's just so much talent. Um, but again, I don't, I don't want to bail him out too much and give him excuses, Dirk, but, like, this almost feels like his real rookie year versus the team they had last year. That's probably bailing him out too much over uh, his performance last year, but I don't know. I'm kind of thinking of him as, like, rookie part two uh, for the season, and, and I think you can, you can still kind of see it, right? Like, he still, he still plays a little bit like a rookie where, you know, he's got that electric kind of roller coaster style performance. But when he's on, he's he looks great. Uh, it's just, again, it's going to be a consistency thing for him and the rest of this team. Scorio looked pretty good in threes, too. Um, n not a world beater by any means, but a, a nice quality starter, maybe. Yeah, I, I get the vibe of what you're talking about with it. Because, I mean, he did have some personal stuff going on. So, like, we, we, we didn't yeah. really get to see him give, like, his full 100% effort into the mode. and But even then, like, going into last year to this year i feel like his game style now the way that he moves fits 3v3 this year more than it did last year by a landslide last year i was looking at his gameplay i'm like dude you could easily tell us a 5v5 guy this year what we see from him in threes you'd be like if i was just watching a stream I'm like oh this guy plays his mode all the time with the way that he's moving really like that this is a a, a matchup that we finally had of a popper versus an inside um, I know that yeah. we had the Celtics Heat matchup. We'll talk about the Heat later on. But the Heat and the 76ers are the only ones that have brought out an inside big. 76ers made that switch, I want to say, going into like game two or three, one of the two. And Dukes played him like he was a pop. Like, I mean, granted, DT wasn't popping, but you know how we usually see people double team up high? Yeah. Philly was just doing a phenomenal job in this series of making sure that they had like a one possession, two possession lead and then just started to coast. Yeah. But it went right down to the wire. It got way too close. If Dukes could just make the adjustments, which is where I'm assuming, I mean, that's got to come down to Ryan. It's got to come down to easy money on the back end. Um, it's got to come down to Gazuli, Scorio, anybody on the floor. They're like, hey, like we have to play this differently. We have to try to force it. But also for me, I mean, the stuff that we are seeing DJ do right now at the lockdown position. He's filthy. He, he, he's doing like what, remember like when Dawsix came into threes and he was like creating his own shots yeah. and like pulling up. DJ is doing that this year. And he is working on the post, like post spinning, drop steps. 
shooting fades consistently. Mm-hmm. JT brought it up time and time again. He knows how to speed boost with his lockdown, and it's catching a lot of people off guard. Oh, yeah. DJ's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, DJ's like my, I, I think overall there are a lot better defensive locks, but I think from DJ right now, offensively, he, he is setting the precedent of how you he, should play offense in 3v3. He has a higher usage rate than Dre and is averaging more points per game than Dre right now. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, go, they go very, wild. <laughs> they go very heavy, wow. like some teams have been, on a post-driven offense. They're allowing Dre, uh, DJ to get the ball, go into the post, give him as much space as possible, and even allow him to score or make a read off of it. That's going to keep them in games, but they're still going to have to shoot more threes if they're going to want to win. And that's going to come down to Dre. It's so weird seeing Dre play like this. What happened? What happened to Dre? I have no idea. What happened? Um, But that's the thing, too. Like, when you have an inside, you should shoot more Like, our first year in threes, he was was a human joystick. Like, he was one. What happened the past two years? So peculiar. Did he have, like, a hand injury or something? I I don't think so. It's funky. <laughs> it's very funky. Uh, Warriors King Warriors swept the Kings three zero again. We'll we'll talk about the Kings at the end. Uh, Hornets Pistons. We talked about both these teams. Uh, we did touch on how great of a closeout game it was for for Trey Dallas. He played great. Uh, nine points, three assists on that one. Fluke Lock had eight as well. Uh, again, great week for Charlotte. Uh, Wiz Celtics. Wiz got their first uh win of the year over uh Boston. Benzo his debut. Uh, I thought Benzo this week looked, how do I do this? He looked like somebody walking on a tightrope where you know he can do it, but like it still looked a little bit jittery because he was clearly a little bit nervous about making his debut. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he played very well when he kind of calmed the nerves, locked in. I thought that there was a bunch of games this week where, you know, he he really just got into that Benzo rhythm of, you know, the transition threes, the the big time shots, the great passes. Uh, when he's in his game, he's great. I find that sometimes he can get a little bit, he can start overthinking situations a little bit too much, which again, uh, a rookie thing, but having Awkward and Udini out there as bailout options is great. Uh, I think the sky's still the limit for him. This is a great series. Uh, the, the Wiz Celtics one was awesome. It was back and forth the whole way. I think it was either Malik or Connor in the chat that was just like, Benzo just got better as the week did go on. Yeah. And I think that kind of does speak to volumes of like, okay, yeah, it's definitely nerves then, right? Because like, there's no way you take a, a, that big of a leap in terms of how comfortable you are. So yeah, I mean, it's just number one overall pick stuff. It, it's fully what you would expect from the style of games that we ended up seeing from him, the confidence in certain closeout situations. I mean, he just looked, even in his camera, it was like kind of like Gallo, lean back, relax, having a really good time with everybody else. So uh, I know that the Wiz... Very, very happy to see with the, the way that he has slowly started to progress his game and the way that he has been moving, especially after last year, not really having a remote amount of success. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this Wiz team. Do they play? Do they play? Um, so what? They're they're do they play all four games. The Wiz or just no? Three? They play they the were... Sixers tomorrow. They play on Sunday. Oh, okay. So we still got to see their games. Uh, next one, B5 Jazz. We can talk about B5 now. Uh, I thought Claude Chaos and May performed pretty well, uh, despite of a lot of negativity or negativity and just bad, bad vibes coming their way. They played well. Uh, Claude looked good. Uh, he still got that killer instinct in him that, that we saw last year during the steel open. Uh, May's been shooting the ball pretty well. Chaos is playing a, a pretty quality lockdown. Uh, I want to specify, I don't think this team is good. But I think this team is good enough to win games. And I don't know how far they'll ever really go in a lot of these tournaments. But 
I think it sh- they the team should pride themselves on on being this good in terms of like their fundamentals are down, their rotations look good, they're hitting their open shots, they're running plays. This strikes me as a team that could get steadily better as the year goes on, and it might surprise us in, in one of these tournaments down the line. But I still think right now the talent gap is too much for them to make up. Yeah, I, I, I did like them, and they were one of the, the two teams that I put into the yikes fart noise category before <laughs> the season. And to be honest, like, they, they've, gotten a, they've gotten a lot more respect from me because – when I did see that lineup, I was like, man, like, what is going on with this? But they have been showing that it's been making it work. And it, it all has been on the back of Claude finally taking that massive jump that we wanted him to have last year. But just unfortunately came in too late. But you started to see even with him coming in too late with some of the best success that B5 had had in the three versus three mode. Uh, he has taken that sophomore jump, I feel like, this year for Claude. Confidence-wise, gameplay-wise. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of in the, the same boat as you. Uh, I think that they'll win some games. Do I see this team contending for a slam switch open uh, title? No. Um, I could maybe see them like uh, getting out of the first round against some of these teams. I could see them just getting annihilated in the first round. Uh, but I, I that's the tough part, though. I don't know what changes you can make because this is already an unorthodox roster in terms of the way that the draft ended up playing out for them. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how, how B5 goes. I will say it is I, – I do – I'm going to be nice here while also being honest. I think it is embarrassing to the organization that they drafted Fias and U-Bots and neither of them are playing. Yeah. Um, I understand that they might be the best lineup, and I, I trust Joe when it comes to those lineup decisions. I get it. But it just makes those draft picks look even worse. The fact that you pick them both and they're not going to play. Like, it it, it, it makes the Fias pick considerably worse. Because the whole thing was that we were sold on was that, oh, he might play lockdown. He's He was never going to play lockdown. That was never going to happen. Um, so we'll see how they play throughout the year. Uh, Gen G took down MBL Oz in, in five games. We talked about uh, both those teams already. Uh, he checked gaming over Dukes. Let's talk about Kai. Uh, I thought we kind of saw the the evolved version of Kai as your as you show your your adorable puppy. Uh, I thought Kai <laughs> looked really good uh, and more so than Kai. You know who I actually thought was the best player on the team this week for Heat Check? Dietrich. Oh my god. Oh my god. You want to know why? You want to know why other teams aren't using the inside, Dirk? Because they don't have Dietrich. That's why. That's why they can't use the inside. Because they don't have that man who the rebounding, the scoring, the passing, the defense, his stick skill and his defensive instinct is so good that even on that slow ass center build, he can he's everywhere. He's everywhere all at once. I was so impressed by what he was able to do. He's an amazing bailout option for Kai, who kind of needs one with with his play style. So I was very enthused from this heat check gaming team. Three and one for them on the week. T-shirt was phenomenal, but uh, I mean, Kai, like I-, I was waiting the the whole week of like, okay, I need to see, okay, these point guards are struggling. They're not doing this, not doing that. It's like, let me see what Kai's got. If Kai's struggling, then I, I genuinely know like, oh shit, like this is really hard and certain things that they're doing. Right off the bat, I think we jumped onto the heat. And I saw Kai just immediately with no takeover shoot a fade and green it. I'm like, okay, this is kind of just setting the tone of where these guards should be. And that's just because that's all we ended up seeing from him last year. He was so dominant in every facet of the offensive game. They just lacked a lot of the other intangibles for it. Like always with the inside center, this day and age in three V three, I wonder what the longevity is going to be in terms of the lifespan of having that build out there before it becomes too detrimental 
to your team on the offensive side. I think defense kind of speaks for itself, the rebounding, but do you really want to see a world where, you know, going like a month down the line where we're just going to see Kai just hawking up 10 threes a game, just hoping something connects, but Dietrich is down there just grabbing every single rebound. No, I just don't think that's going to be a way that you could go about things while Maddie is a phenomenal defender and we credit him a lot last year, whenever magic gaming ended up having some success it, it, it's it's too much pressure to put on somebody in 3v3 to, to have to go out there and give you odds consistently. Make sure that you have a one to two possession point lead, stuff like that. I also, Kai also has not fixed the, the turnover problem. 15 turnovers in 18 games. He currently leads the league. It's, it's, it's a good team, but I agree with you that there's flaws. They have enough talent to overcome their flaws, but... I uh, I'm keeping my eye on them because the the underlyings are a little concerning for as good as as they uh, their record came out this week. So mm-hmm. eyes on the Heat. I'm excited to see them this week. Uh, Lakers take down the Warriors three to one. We talked about both of them. So let's get on to Friday, our final day of the week. Uh, T Wolves take down the Pacers in a thrilling five game series. Uh, I thought we were gonna watch the end of Game Five, um, but we didn't. Hey. Uh, we started a different series instead. Uh, hey. The T Wolves did get the win. Uh, Iggy Mo looked great. Um, Tutok looked very good as well. Uh, we talked about the T Wolves a bunch, so we can move on. Actually, what team haven't we talked about? Um, Grizz. Oh. No. We oh yeah, we haven't. We haven't. We haven't officially done the the Van Dini oh. strikes back moment because they lost their first two games. Uh, so here, the Wiz took down Dukes three to one, uh, and then the Pistons beat Gen G in a sweep. So let's go to the Grizz taking down the Mavs three to one. Uh, this was the. Vandy stop missing or this was the haha Fanny you keep missing shots I'm gonna hit them instead Vandy game and every single time Phantom missed the shot Vandy would come down the other side of the court and hit just the most backbreaking shot you've ever seen every single game um the I mentioned this in my article which will be dropping tomorrow seeing Vandy play this well makes me so angry that he was on the bench for all of last year like I yeah. I get it man I get it Dukes had Killy, and they won the title. I get it. Why did Dukes have both of them? Why? Why did they have Vandy and Killy on their team? They couldn't have traded Vandy to any other team, so he could have played threes. I just felt like we as a community were robbed. I mean, you know, year one of threes, he was maybe the best 3v3 guard we have in the league. He didn't even play last year, and he's right back to it, being one of the best 3v3 guards in the league. So still one of the oddest things I've ever seen was having Killy and Vandy on the same team. And then having both of them for fives, too. I, I don't know. I thought that was... Uh, a gross organizational oversight, but hey, he looks great right now, and we're happy to have him back on Memphis. Yeah, like there, there's always one certainty when it comes down to three v three, Vandy's always going to be phenomenal. And the fact they paired him with IC, the fact they paired him with Don, um, another one of these teams that's that's sitting right in that middle of the pack, right of two and two, where you could argue that they're probably potentially one of the best teams that has that five hundred record as well. I think once it gets down to bracket play time. And there's money on the line. I think that's where we're really going to start to see Vandy thrive just because of being in that type of environment. But he just has like no quit in. And even when the Grizz were down in this one, they're constantly forcing turnovers, courtesy of IC, courtesy of Don. And Vandy is, it's hard to like put into words. Like when he gets established in the half court and he makes one shot and you're like, okay, cool. Well, can he make two in a row? Makes two in a row. Like if he gets to a certain point where he is hot, he just will not miss. Never. And he has no. been that way th- his entire two Killy career. Since he came in season two all the way up till now, 
there there might not be a better player when they are completely on fire of just being able to shoulder the offensive load than him. So uh, that that was a, a phenomenal performance coming out from him, phenomenal performance coming out from the team. And, you know, it's kind of exposing the weaknesses, right? The one way that you're going to have change, like if you're the Mavs, it's going to be a matchup just like this. Yep. You have a big lead. Everything is going good. And there's just a glaring standpoint of, like, okay, well, this is a major issue. We need to fix this within the next week. If Anna wants to be the guy or like the guy on a team in this league, those are the series that you kind of just have to win. And again, yeah. I, we're putting a lot of pressure on Fanta this episode. I think it might be a little unfair, but hey. eh, I, I think it's I think you have to. It's your redemption season back in the league. Sure. Um, I just don't want to feel like we're like piling on just Fanta for. for yeah, I, but like but that's the thing, too. Right. Like That's that's what comes with one playing with an organization, like an organization like the Mavs. And two, playing on the same team as the GOAT of the NBA 2K League coming back to return to play. Like, that's just... Yeah. It's a call to basically the entire team to, to, to do better, but you're the point guard. You're always going to get the blame for every single thing that happens, maybe apart from defense. Well, uh, we the Sixers beat the Celtics three to one. Uh, we talked about the both of those teams. Magic uh, beat MBL three to one. And then we get to the fourth loss for Kingsguard Gaming. Uh, they follow the Blazer 5 in a sweep in probably the low, low, low point. Uh, just a horrible way to start the year, 0-4. Uh, score looks timid and uh, just not confident at all. Bray and Kick, respectively, this week had zero defensive chemistry. Uh, their comms were all over the place. Their rotations were all over the place. Offensively, Dirk. Throw away the tape. Gross. It's just bad screens, bad dribbling, no three-point shooting, weird game plans. They they got stylistically ass-kicked every single game that they played. And I think their biggest issue for me, they have too much youth on this court. Starting three guys who have zero career wins in 3v3 in this game mode is just not good enough. Like, I would put Carey out there, and that, that not to say that kick isn't good, but you just need some sort of veteran who has been there and has won a game before that knows how to get this done. I, I mentioned coming into the year that I was excited to watch the Kings because I was hoping that this team with their youth was going to ramp it up. Man, th their youth is being used against them right now. They look way, way, way underprepared for what this week was going to be. Uh, this was a, a absolute punch in the mouth week for all three of their young guys on this team and you know we, we came into this year with a lot of expectations for Bray man he 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 looked worse this week than he did last year I I'm concerned for this team yeah it, it's very underwhelming because how many years in a row now it's just, just feel like the Kings just can never get off to a good start dude they averaged under 17 points per game they're giving up more than 21 points per game this week they give up 21.1 points per game I, I it's it's just bad. They're second. The Knicks are first. Um, and like the, what is like sixteen point five points a game or something like that is like it, in threes. That is crazy. I mean, like a lot of the teams like are are bouncing out around the eighteen point mark, but to be all the way down at sixteen, I just I mean it's it's one of these things where there's no positive. Your offense sucks. Your defense sucks. Where do you go to make a change from this? Well, guess what? You do have two extra players that you can maybe try to sprinkle in. Are those two players that they're going to bring in be that game-changing? No. <laughs> they are not going to be. 
it, it's tough, man. You, you you spend a lot of time scouting these guys. You make these picks. We gave the the Kings a lot of love on draft night for for how they looked, but I, I don't know, man. Two and two and twelve in games, zero and four in series. I, I don't got a lot of positives for them. They got to figure it out and figure it out fast, or it's going to get ugly. Um, we had the Bucks sweep the T Wolves in a in a very classic. One team is ready to win the title. The other team is still a little bit young for that, maybe. Uh, he checked, took down the Wizards three to one Raptors took down the Cavs three to one in one of the funniest series I've ever seen. Um, okay. Can I just, can I just say something? I, I got to say something about this series. You, I don't think it was you. JT was being very, very nice to symptoms for how symptoms was playing in this series. And I thought that symptoms looked pretty good. There is no way that the Raptors win this series that the Cavs like remember how to press the square button and know how to shoot. This was a, a Cavs sweep waiting to happen. And instead, we now have to do like the, oh, Antoine Love versus Symptoms thing because the Raptors somehow won this series. I'm not sold. Um, I, I actually think the Raptors played pretty poorly in this series and and luckily got out of there with the series win. I'm happy for Nick. Got his first win in a Raptors uniform, but I, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm I'm worried about this Raptors team. I think, yeah, I think the Cavs, like, the last three games that led to the defeat were, like, one for 17, one for 15. I got to officially add this up. I got to officially add this up. It was so funny watching them. Uh, Game two, they were 0 for 6. Game three, they were 0 for 3. That's 0 for 9. And then game four, they were 1 for 4. So they went 1 for 13. (laughs) I mean, like, that is just biblically bad. And that's not to say that symptoms wasn't good in those games. It's just... He was given the opportunity to be good in those games for the fact that the Cavs could not hit a single open shot the entire time. Yeah. So I'm happy they got their win. But, like, if, if you're the Raptors, you got to figure it out. Antoine Love not playing in threes. We're three series into the season. I, I, don't, I don't want – I shouldn't put this out there. Are we, are, we, are we putting the official trade alert possibility out there for Antoine Love? Uh, is, is trade window open? No, no, no. Uh, but I'm saying with the trade window will be open in between threes and fives. Oh, wow. So there's no trade window at all in threes. I think, it's, oh, I think the trade window is open right now, but I don't think teams are going to make trades until we're done with threes. I'd be surprised. Uh, o- outside of something cataclysmic, which I don't know, maybe. Antoine Love's not playing a 3v3 right now, so I don't know. Is this is this what you yeah. would call a, a cataclysm? Because might be for me. I mean, just weird. It's very I'll, weird. I'll say, I'll say weird for now. If we if we get to, like, end or, like, next week, and he's still not there, I'd be like, okay, well, this makes no sense. If we get to the switch and he's still not playing, I'm like, okay, this I, is I will say there were point. rumors that he was sick, and that's why he didn't play. We've heard other rumors about, you know, the team I'm gonna go the with the. I'm gonna go with great. the other room. I'm gonna go with the other room. Yeah, about it being a little, little tense in the back room right now, but you know, we'll we'll see. It's definitely a story to keep an eye on for the rest of three v three. Any other teams? Pacers over the Mavs three to two. Celtics over Dukes three to two. Hornets oh, over Gen G. NBL. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. actually here. Well, all these teams, all these series went three to two. Ready? Pacers over Mavs three to two. Celtics over Dukes three to two. Hornets over Gen G three to two. Grizz over Bucks three to two. Heat over Sixers three to two. And then finally, NBL Oz gaming over Pistons GT three to two. NBL Oz probably should have a better record. They lost like two game fives and a game four or something. Like they they just they struggled all week uh, to like close out series. But I am enthused by what I saw from C's and Bag. I think a lot of the success on this team is going to fall on Plu. I think a lot of the success is going to be whether or not Plu is able to keep up with them defensively, if he's able to get them enough stops. 
All C's needs are stops. That's all he needs. You get C stops, he's going to get your buckets. Um, and they had a really hard time getting stops this week. I'll say that. With how good bag is, they had a lot of problems getting uh, stops. So we'll see. Blue's shooting was also awful. Yes. Um, 26%. Which, which if he's not giving you his who, shooting. What's the point? Yeah. That's tough. Uh, but no, I do agree with you because that's been the one thing like C's when he was with the Hawks, that was the main story. It's like, damn, if they could play some defense, they would be like making deep runs in every single tournament. This is their best opportunity. And, and thankfully bag motion is the lockdown. And he himself can shoulder a load of a lot of defensive duties in terms of getting some of the steals that he's going to be able to get. Um, it, it is good to see them go toe to toe. One of the better three V three lineups that we haven't come out on top with a win. Um, yep. I know it's a former team. So obviously bag motion knows every little move Ant does. Ant probably knows every little thing about bag motion. And that was a fun duel to watch them series. just constantly go at it. But yeah, I mean, on top of it, just, sees has that better offensive flow. I feel like the, the more confidence with the movements and the shots that he's taking. So really like what I saw from NBL. I'm I, I tweeted out earlier in the week that, that I thought sees is going to have a monster year. Uh, and then they proceeded to go one and three on the week. So I'm sorry to NBL for kind of hyper jinxing you, but just, just to look into sees to, to open up the year. Uh, where, where's, where's our guy sees 9.4 points per game, 2.8 assists per game. 77% true shooting, a little bit under it on threes, only 45% from three, but just leaving a lot of room at the top for, for them to hit their ceiling. I, I'm very, still very high on this NBL team. Uh, I'm very confident with my on the bubble pick for them uh, for possible title this year. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how the bracket plays out. Because again, yeah. like I'm, I'm, I, I don't know how anyone could look at those groups and not say group A was like the absolute hardest group out of all of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I personally just don't think it was close. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because you never know how like brackets end up shaping out. You could have some of the lesser competition, right? Like they, you could argue that some of these teams in this group, they were playing immediate like playoff contenders guys that are in there. I think the only one that was in there, maybe we didn't have projectors, probably the Hornets. Yeah. I would say. So, uh, I mean, coming out one of three, not ideal. The good part about three V three for teams that struggle is that everybody makes bracket play. Um, I guess my thing is I can't remember how the structure went. How does it like the community teams automatically get thrown into the bottom of the mix, right? So yeah, there are like, teams whatever 26 the worst to community 32. team will play. Okay. So yeah, yeah so they'll play. So the worst community team will play one. number one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, yeah, like you, you never know how like the draw is going to end up going for them. So, but I mean, for, for a one and three team, that's a scary one and three team, which sounds very weird to say. It does. Um, uh, hey, we talked about the group of death. Shout out to the Hornets. They technically won the group yep. with a three and one record. Got, got to give them credit where credit's due. And the other uh, group of death. The Pacers and uh, T-Wolves, Mavs, Grizz, and Bucks. Uh, Pacers and T-Wolves come out with three points, uh, 30 points each. So they're looking good. Uh, that brings us to the end of the week. Uh, any teams or players that you want to shout out that we didn't talk about? Teams or players? Um, I hit all my guys. In terms of like the um, uh, standouts that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I think I had my one where I, I gave a lot of love to DJ. Cause I think he's just doing things that, you know, a lot of people like aren't doing. Yeah. Um, I know I threw Connor in the mix on that as well. Um, yeah, I think I'll just stay, stick with those two guys as kind of being my, my main standouts, uh, both at the lockdown position. Um, I, I mean, I know how important the position can be, but 
Uh, actually, I'll throw TB in there too. I'll go, I'll go three for three with the lockdown defenders. Uh, I think those have been the glitchiest guys we've seen for all for different reasons. I think Connor and TB more for steals and defensive. Uh, I think for DJ, uh, a lot more on the offensive side compared to anybody else. I'm excited to see what he does against the Wiz. Yeah. Uh, other guys that want to shout out. Uh, shout out Justin for looking pretty good in his 2K League debut. Um, obviously, rocky week for the Jazz 2-2, two and two, but... I think he is being put in a very pressure pack situation. I think he looked pretty good. Uh, him and Miami are fun little rookie duo. Anybody else? Uh, no, nah, I think we, we covered just about everybody. Um, yeah. Obviously, we have a couple games left to play this weekend. Uh, Knicks, Nets, Magic Hornets, Sixers, Wiz, and then Raptors, Hawks. So you and I will do another episode either Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll go over the bracket. We'll talk about the first round matchups. We'll make a picks. Maybe we'll do our own March Madness brackets, and we'll pick who we think are going to win and uh, release Ooh. it to the public on the uh, Twitter account. We'll see. Are you are you working any of these games? Uh, I'll be on Friday. Oh, oh, any of these? No, no. The uh, I'll be working the Wizards one next week, uh, which will be the 17th or whatever it is. I think it's the first week of the Switch. The Carabao Cup? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you said it the first time on broadcast, you were extremely confident about it as if, like, you know, you definitely thought it was called the Carabao Cup. <laughs> okay. Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm never involved with fucking team events here, so I have no <laughs> clue what the fuck goes on. Well, on that note, let's close it out. Uh, this has been Virtual Courtside with Derek and Harris. You can follow him on Twitter at DirkJDR. Also, give him a lot of support for the new soccer content that he's doing. It's been a lot of fun. He's getting a lot of great engagement. You can follow me on Twitter at Sportsteen. We will be back uh, next week to cover the bracket play for the first round of the Slam Open. See you guys then.